um, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Now, when it comes to spiritual gifts, this has been something just been very interested in. In fact, Paul says, desire spiritual gifts. You should, as a Christian, desire spiritual gifts. We have to. But especially, it says, that you prophesy. Now he's talking about the church. When we have a church service, yes. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that's what he's after. Chapter 12 tells us about the gifts of the Spirit. And then chapter sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14 is chapter 13, meaning you need love if you want to walk with the gifts of the Spirit. Love is right at the middle. He says there is nothing greater than love. Love never fails. There are by faith, hope, and charity, love. Love is above all of them. You can have all the spiritual gifts, but if you have no love, uh, it's not going to work very well. You got no reward from God. So love is sandwiched between those two. So it's very important. Those gifts are important. But then he tells you clearly, desire spiritual gifts. Why? Because God will not allow you or give, allow you to be used in any of the gifts until you desire it. God doesn't give you what you don't desire. And what you are afraid of, you won't desire. Can I say that again? What you are afraid of, you cannot desire. If you are afraid that if you pray for sick, they won't get healed and nothing is going to happen, guess what? You don't even think about it. If you are afraid of speaking in the public, you are scared, your heart can desire it. And that desire can overcome the fear. And God will walk through that. Because you desire it. Desire is very powerful. God will give to you if you desire it. But for most Christians, all they want to do is go to church, be a nice person, and don't even care about the gifts. They want, sometimes in my days, I love witnessing. So I did my witnessing thing, and the gift stuff, that's for the rest of them. But then as God started pointing me towards those things, you need them. To do ministry. We need the gifts to be able to do ministry. And then we have to approach them without fear. But don't confuse spiritual gifts with maturity. Don't confuse spiritual gifts with maturity. Because a person, even if they are not mature, if they desire the spiritual gift, God could make it available for them so they can be used in spiritual gifts. And in my time, I thought, I thought that just because somebody is used a lot in prophesying or in prophecy, they must be very spiritual. That's way back then. I, that's the way I thought. They prophesy a lot or they have words of knowledge or God does something, healing, <laughs> all of that. I just thought, wow, God's using them. They must be spiritual, really spiritual. Yeah, get close. You'll find out they are not as spiritual as you. And then you get all confused. <laughs> How come God's doing this through this person and in this? And that's when you, 
you're comparing, you're using a man's life for the book, and that's wrong. Remember, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So sometimes people can talk real spiritual, and, and just listening to a person, I can tell. Yeah, you got all this spiritual stuff, but the truth is, this person is not mature at all. It's, it's, you have to separate them. They are two different worlds. So that's why you got nothing to prove. You can be part of it, then God can use it. That's not to say a person who is using the gifts, is all of them are not mature. No. They can be very mature, I mean extremely mature, but they can also be extremely immature. So you don't use that to judge. There are other things to look at if you want to judge whether a person is spiritual or not. That's not the way to look at it. The key is two things. You desire it, you have faith for it, you have it. That's all it takes. A new convert can have spiritual gifts and operate in them if you teach them properly. I can get somebody, by the grace of God, I can get somebody saved. And if we have enough time, I can turn around and say, now, I need you to help me pray for the sick. And if they understand it enough, they can start praying for people to be healed. Is it mature? No. Sometimes I prefer them when they are brand new. Nobody's programmed them. (laughs) Nobody's told them that they can't do any of this stuff. That only these spiritual people, especially those that talk this way. And thou, wow, that's very, when they hear this, wow, that's very spiritual. Thine and thus, thus say the Lord, depending on the voice and the quality of the voice. Oh boy, that man was really spiritual. Please don't look at things that way. Because it's not in, not in the earthquake, remember that? It's not in the wind. It's just a still small voice. It's what you accomplish with the gift that God's giving you. That's the important thing about it. So don't confuse that. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12 says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, this, the Corinthian church, they loved spiritual gifts. I mean, let me give you a picture of what happens. A pastor came preach on Sunday. When they start operating on, in their spiritual gifts. One is preaching, speaking in tongues here. The other one is prophesying over here. The other one has a song. The other one wants to do something. There was total confusion in church. You can't do anything. When you hear the scripture where it says, Women, if you have any question, ask your husband at home. You've read that in the scripture. Basically, someone is saying something, the woman is sitting on the other side, he, she calls to her husband, is it true what he's saying? Across the desert. They, were, they were crazy, that's what it is. Christians. So if you see somebody, uh, they are saved, but they are not living right, please don't judge them, they are just babies, okay? God will raise them. But that was the Corinthian church. Paul said once, I cannot deal with you guys. I just can't deal with you guys. You can read that First Corinthians 3 verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. They were, but they, they, they were zealous about spiritual gifts. This was exciting for them. And to be able to come up with words of knowledge and, and uh, tongues and interpretation, 
the zoning of spirit. They had all of them. They were spiritual. And they wanted the church to know they had the gift. So when they came on Sunday, no singing. Everybody was doing their own thing. And God, God, Paul says, God is not the author of confusion. You got confusion? This is not God. But were they moving in the spiritual gifts? Yes. But like babies. And nobody was getting edified. Nobody was getting edified. So you have to put everything in context. But the way life is now, the way the church is, I would rather take the Corinthian church uh, than to have a church uh, where nothing is happening, nobody's moving. You got nothing to control because just a few people are moving in the gifts. Both of them are problems. I think the other problem is better. Where you got too many and you have to, hey, calm down. Let's put structure here. You understand what I'm saying? I would rather have the other one. But the difference is they were zealous for this. And even though they were immature, God was still using them. And all Paul had to do was to give his structure so that the people are edified by the gifts of the Spirit that were being manifested in their presence. That was the only difference. And the Bible tells us today, we can still do that. Paul says, desire this gift, but you must desire more to edify the church. That's the main thing. You want to edify people. Now, one of the things that's a, a serious danger for those who operate in the gifts or, you know, they, they believe they hear the voice of God and stuff like that, there is uh, spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. And, and, and to me, it's so subtle. You won't recognize that that's part of your life. And that's going on. When you have a spiritual gift, and I can tell from my own life, I can tell what, what was going on. And God had to really help me. At the early stage, probably years back in Georgia, I just found how to help people receive the Holy Spirit. You know, in our church in those days, they taught people to seek the Holy Spirit. And when it was time for God to teach me, I would kick against Every time I heard the word, seek the Holy Spirit out in my mind, I won't say it out. I was doing to myself. I'll say, you're the one that's lost, not the Holy Spirit. So don't seek the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit seek you out. I don't want to hear this stuff. You guys say, seek the Holy Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I kicked against it in my mind. But then I didn't know how to help the people receive. But I wanted to know, I just don't believe in this seeking stuff. We shouldn't be that way. So I started studying. And then I knew what to do. And then I started with a, a, girl, uh, a girl from Malaysia. That was the first person I remember, the first person I ever prayed with to receive the Holy Spirit. And it was a real battle. But she got the Holy Spirit. And then the word spread around. I was in UGA, University of Georgia. The word spread real fast. I think, Angela, you met the young man I prayed for, a youth pastor in a restaurant. People were calling me. Oh, brother, good luck. There's a man here. He needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the one who gets them filled, I run there. 
So after a while, I thought to myself, yes. <laughs> You're laughing. I know too much, but I was filled with pride. I am the one who helped them. Filled with the Holy Spirit. They call me, I go to restaurants, uh, laundromats, and all of those. I bring them in church. But I cannot come over here. Yes, the one who helps people. <laughs> I'm gone. And I knew it was easy. If I taught my Christian brothers in church, they will immediately get how to do it, and I lose my power. So I kept my secret to myself. They're laughing at me, but I wasn't, this was no joke. I was the real man, the spiritual guy. And for the rest of them, y'all listen to me. And then one day God said, you can't do that. You got to tell them how, what you're doing. Change my attitude till today. You got to teach them what you're doing. Give them the secret. I was amazed. So I called them. My fellow students, okay, this is what I do, and this is what I do, and that's what you do. Most of them were not interested at all. They were not. There's only one girl, Sarah. And she picked it up, and she started with children. And the next thing I knew, she was in a church in Atlanta, and she says, good luck, you won't believe. Everybody's calling me. She's happy. She's got it in my, my boots. I am the one that helps everybody. That's the way she was. But I gave it out. From then, I finally discovered something. The more I spread it out, the less I feel important to myself, and the more the work of God's done. It takes nothing from me. I got to put it out. I don't look down on anybody. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. What I can do, you can do also. I'm not better than you are. Let God open my eyes so I can see. And I won't talk using spiritual lingo so you can feel like I'm really spiritual. That's silly. That means you have a problem. You really do have a problem. You have to watch your heart. You have to really watch your heart when God's using you in the gifts. When I'm talking about things, I'm talking to help people. If you're around me, for the most part... I don't talk about it. The healing service, I don't think Angela and I said a word about what happened at home. We don't talk about that. It's not something to talk It's God's work. But I use it when I'm trying to help somebody else. That's important. Make sure whatever you're doing is to edify. And I'm not trying to be hum- humble. That's, it's not me. He is the one. There's no humility thing. That, I know who is doing it. So there is no need to be talking about it to draw attention to self. You know what you're doing. You're drawing attention to self. Pride goes before a fall. That's the problem. And you start talking that, and then you look down your nose upon everybody else. And I'm telling you, spiritual pride is the worst kind of pride because you won't know until it kills you. You're not better than anybody else. Every time a Christian starts feeling conceded, like I'm okay, something is better, I know. And it's also the same thing with knowledge. Paul was clear. Knowledge puffs up. Love edifies. That's why love is put in that, that place. If you don't operate in love, 
you are going to have trouble. Satan is going to kill you. He's going to destroy you. This thing is good, but it can be dangerous if you allow pride to be a part of it. Because it doesn't take too long before people put you up there. Okay? But you're still human. And then when you make mistakes, they are devastated because they have associated your gift as being you're perfect. And now they move away from God because of your pride. And you're going to answer to the Lord for it. What you know that you can do, please, whatever you can do and God has shown to you, give it to other people. Let them know how to do it. It's not going to take anything from you. Explain it to them so that they can join you. That's the best way to go. I believe it's the best way to go. And the more you share it, you grow even closer to God in that gift. You keep it to yourself, it dies after you're gone. And it's, you know, where that's what I saw from, uh, I was watching something on television. And uh, the church is lamenting, lamenting today. I think Pastor Andy and I were with Benny in. And you saw him lamenting. He says in the church, very few people participate in this healing ministry. He was lamenting. Just room packed with pastors. Very few people, let, you know, do that. And he's just being here and just a few people. But he said, it's very few of us now. And he's wondering, well, when I leave, what's going to happen to the church? And then I started watching on television, I mean, uh, internet, and they, the same people lamenting, ministers. And the problem is nobody is taking time. Those that God has used, they haven't taken time to teach the next generation what they're doing. And now they have to start all over. We're not going to tolerate that. Amen? No one is a star. He is the star. And we will have to make sure that we do this. Let me show you the scripture here. For Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace of God, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It's not saying you shouldn't think highly of yourself. Just don't think yourself more highly, okay? Stay humble. This is the same scripture where it says, present yourself as a living sacrifice, yes. But then it goes down to verse 3. For I say, through the grace of God, through the grace given to me, I have grace. I'm speaking to you from the point of grace. I'm speaking to you, to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. There is no need to say, like the lady says, well, uh, just listen to the song. I don't have a good voice, but listen to the uh, words. And then the brother said, yeah, the, the words of the, the song was good, but boy, you sure can sing. And she gets mad because she wants to lower expectations so that people can praise her, but she didn't have a good voice. That's what he said. It's not me, it's the Lord. Well, we know it's not you. We know it's not you. A deaf person got healed, you're thinking it's you. Are you nuts? 
we know it's not you. So don't go to the place and say, well, it's not me, it's the Lord. No, it's a lie. We can tell you, want us to know it's you. But I, we already, we got good sense, it's not you, it's the Lord. So forget about that. Tell us what God did, okay? Stop this false humility stuff. Be real, amen? Just be real so that God can use you. But it says, think soberly. In other words, God giving you a gift, I can say, yes, God's giving me this gift. I don't have to think I'm better than everybody else because I have the gift. Once you start thinking in terms of that, you are in real trouble. I'm telling you, nobody, let God give you grace so that somebody can confront you and tell you you have a problem. Because that thing is going to kill you. I've seen that here. You can't tell them anything. They are more spiritual than everybody else. But when you look at what's going on in their lives, it's going further down and down. And they're so confused, but they won't admit it. They just will not. Everything is going into devastation, but you can't help them. I think to first you're human because you live on the earth, right? <laughs> Have you heard this church? You're so heavenly minded, no earthly good. You know where that came from? It's just Christians who live like in there in the clouds all the time. And, and the unbelievers, they think they're crazy. And you're supposed to reach out to the unbelievers and they can't reach you, they avoid you because they think you're nuts. So you're not helping anybody. You're not helping anybody. At church, people avoid you. At work, they avoid you because of the way you talk. And you're so way up there. They avoid you. You're supposed to reach them. And now they're avoiding you. You're not reaching them. Something is wrong. Jesus could be approached. Right? The disciples argued with him. Lord Jesus told them, you know, you know where I'm going and you know the way. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. They were able to speak to the master without fear. So now who are you? Pastor, brother, whoever, who are you? Something is not right. That's not the right relationship. That's not the way God designed it. So when they start avoiding you, you know you have a problem. You are not going to be effective. I need to say all of this before we go into the gifts because it's so easy to think you have a gift and nobody can approach you anymore because of the way you act and the way you speak. And the way you avoid people, you judge people, it's subconscious. You are constantly judging people because you have this gift. And you can't tell them. Say, brother, I'd like to know. Oh, brother, you know how many years it took me for me to get to where I am? You went through those years so that we don't have to go through it. Just show me. Pride. You see what I'm saying? You see that in the church. So you want to pray for the sick. Uh, 30 years ago. I don't want to wait for 30 years. That's you. Give me three hours of your time. Please. See, that's, those are all spiritual pride. And it's very dangerous because God sees it. I'm very grateful to God because God, I mean, he rebuked me very sharply. I'm talking about it it's like a joke. I was seriously rebuked and I told God, I'm sorry. I'm never going there anymore. Whatever I can do, I know they can do it. And because I know they can do it, 
All I have to do is explain to them what I'm doing. Once they get it, they can do it. So now instead of just me, we got two people. And these days, I mean, those of us in Nigeria, remember we were there. We had so many people come up for healing. There was no way we could handle it. I had to plead. I turned around and I said, hey, pastors, you all come. You got to pray for the sick. Their eyes went like, we? These are the Nigerians. It's you from America. They know you are going to join us. And I could tell they were scared they wouldn't do it. And those of us who were there, we were afraid. So I told them, it's not like there was anything. Maybe there is. I don't know. I said, give me your hand. Put your hand out. And I'm going to lay my hands and pray for you. That all I was doing, get rid of that stupid fear and help me. I need your help. Now, this is not about anointing. I need help, okay? Help. So I put, they put their hands out. And I said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, he knows. But I, want, I need help. And God is with us. He can help. So I did that. And guess what? They started healing the sick. And before you know, remember how pastor was talking? Yes, bring the sick out here. <laughs> That's confidence. And I looked and I rejoiced. Because now, it wasn't just me. Everybody was doing it. And the more they come, it can reach more people. You understand what I'm saying? Don't allow that. You should be approachable. People should be able to say, we want to learn what you're doing. Please teach us. And you say, well, I'm really glad. Not very many people desire this. Since you really want this, can we come closer? I'll show you everything I know. Guess what? Their faith goes, wow, I can do this. Amen. Does it make sense? It's really easy. We can all do this. So he says to them, think soberly. As God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. But look at verse 6. The whole chapter, Romans 12, is actually dealing with spiritual gifts and how you use them. Look at what it says. Having then, after I've spoken to you about being humble, don't think about yourself. Then it says, having then gifts differing, differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us, what? Use them. Romans chapter 12 deals with natural gifts. Uh, if I play the piano like uh, Amy, all of you will leave church in a, in a short time. I mean, that's not my gift. People will be walking out. If I sing, that's joyful noise. I told my daughter, let's praise and worship for three months. I told her, I'll do that again. She said, no, daddy, no, no. You're not doing that. So thank God we got Amy and uh, the rest of them that sing here. And that's their ministry. And so I know my place. I'm not leading praise and worship, okay? And I praise them for what they're doing and enjoy it. And let Michael give the uh, joyful noise. <laughs> okay? But having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us, what? Use them. Use your gifts. And if they praise you, thank them. Don't go this super spiritual thing. It's not me, it's the Lord. You mean the Lord was singing on stage? I didn't see the Lord, I thought I saw you. 
It's not me, it's the Lord. Just say thank you and let it go. Once you start diverting and doing all these things, that's false humility and it's the other side of pride is dangerous. Just accept it and thank them and move on. Having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. When you start, as we're going to go into it, it's proportion to our faith. When you start to prophesy for the very first time, uh, you, can, you only have faith for probably a few words and you're ready to quit. Hello? Because you're just starting. But the faith is going to grow. Over time, your faith grows and your confidence grows. And then, the, supposedly, the pipe is open and God can flow through it for as long as he wants. But you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. It's like a, bear, a child. But if you don't want to want that at all, if you don't want it, God is not going to uh, want to deal with you until you're ready for it. You have to desire it. So we have to do that. And I talked about the fact that pride goes before destruction and a holy spirit before a fall. Where you think you know it all, that's where trouble comes. Because you can't learn very much anymore. Your prayer is not, God, please show me more. You ha- you're satisfied. And there is no desire. You know what the scripture says? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not just one time. You constantly want more. You're constantly feeling like, I'm not there. I need more. Once you feel like I'm there, everybody is down, you're not going anymore. You stay just there. You're not going to grow. We should be very careful. I think I've heard Angela say this a lot here. Uh, Be very careful how you think about the other children of God that are in the same house with you. The key thing is compassion and helping one another. That's what it is. That's what love is about. And the gift is to heal everybody. And uh, that's the way it should be. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Even if I have the gift of prophecy. You know all things. Even if you give, and you're a real giver, if, if love is not there, he says it profits you nothing. If people may praise you, but that's all you got. We have to understand this thing is all about him and people. People. People more than the building. People more than everything else. People. And if you are really spiritual and you are, not, you are not approachable and people cannot come to you, you don't include your brother, something is wrong. I, you know, I, I enjoy being, I'm one of our church members. I'm over there with her. Don't take anything from me. You can call me what you want. I know who I am. Hey, that's a song, right? <laughs> so, but I, it frees you to be who you are and be able to iron sharpens iron. Well, if you're not there to rub off with them, how are they going to be sharpened? So you stay with them and walk with them. It says in Galatians 5.26, let us, I just use King James, it says, let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. You see, vain glory. You provoke people, but you don't provoke them the right way. You can provoke them onto good works. 
that's good. But you provoke them by the way you're acting. And instead of coming along, they go the other way. Then you're not accomplishing anything. You understand? Don't desire vainglory. I'm up here and the rest of you are down here. You're provoking them in the wrong way. You get them bitter. They get angry. And because they won't ask for forgiveness, they can't come to you before long. They don't want to come to church anymore. That's not the way to go. We're laying the foundation. We're going to the gifts. Just for us to know. A lot of people have suffered. I read a book about people who were doing great work, prophesying, words of knowledge and all of that. But because love was not part of their lives, they were mean when they come off the stage. And this man was saying, I can't believe God's doing this to them. And my, they yell at everybody, screaming at people helping them, great ministers. But not only that, there were all that things that they were doing because grace is no longer there. So they are falling so far away from, from, the, from walking with God. And that's why you see, you have some great ministers. How many remember Jim Jones? He was an A.G. person with gifts, healings, and all of that, finally ended up a murderer. And they believed in him. But he was the big shot. And whatever said, whatever he said, went. We have to be very careful, because Satan can come in. I needed to lay that foundation before we go to the gifts. Don't be desirous of vainglory. You know, that was it's all about me. I did it. He's <laughs> not you. He's the Lord. You better settle that in your mind completely so that you can let God use you and he will use you. Amen? And I, my purpose for this is to allow our church members to be used in these gifts. And God's going to use you in these gifts. All of them. Every one of them. We're going to be practicing very soon. Amen? Let me just mention the gifts and I close. Talk about the different gifts. And I'm going to explain to, the, to you... Um, what I know of the gifts. One thing that I do know is I believe in my life I've been used in all of the gifts at different times. But I don't even think of them. There are times when the word of knowledge will come at a time I wasn't thinking about it. It's not something I'm going to think I'm going to church today. God, I want you to use me in the words of knowledge. No. Usually there's a problem. Okay? Somebody's talking to me or they have an issue. And that's when God gives the gift to help the person. It's not about me. See? He gives the word of wisdom. He gives discerning of spirits. I'm supposed to pray, but now something is telling me there's a demon behind this problem. Okay? So that's the way it works. It's according, you can read in First Corinthians chapter 12. It's all according to what the spirit is trying to do. And he is going to use you to do that. Amen? So... We have nine gifts or manifestations of the Spirit. If we call it the manifestation of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit. But they are actually manifestations of the Spirit. Meaning the Spirit of God wants to do something and He will manifest Himself. But usually He manifests Himself through a person who then gives, who then gives the Word or uses the gift to effect a, a change in the person's life. So they are called manifestations of the Spirit. Let me read it. It says, For to one is given the word of wisdom. That's First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. The manifestations of the gifts are these. And he started telling us, 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings. Notice that's the only plural one. Gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, to how many? To each one individually as he wills. So it's not me that is going to make it up. He wills. But all of the gifts are available. Let me let you know. All of the gifts are available to all of them. The nine of them are available to every one of us. But the Spirit gives to an individual as he wills, depending on the need. It's really for the people, not us. You are a tool to be used to deliver God's message or God's healing or something to help this person come up. So it's the, uh, come up. So it's the manifestation of the Spirit, and God gives to everyone as He wills, according to the Spirit, as the Spirit of God wills. Now, we have uh, categorized this into three different groups, and that's how we call them. You can put this down. First one we call inspirational gifts or vocal gifts. That means gifts that you have to say something. Vocal gifts. You, have, you will be saying something. When you use in these gifts, you will be saying something. If it's healing, you may be doing something as opposed to saying something to somebody. But these gifts are called vocal gifts and you will be speaking something. And these are the tongues, different kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. That's the second one. First, different kind of, kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and then the third one of that is prophecy. So we've got three in each group. That's prophecy. And then we have the next group. That's what we call the power gifts because of what comes out of these gifts is something you can see, uh, a miracle, powerful gift, a miracle. So we call that, the first one is faith. It's a gift of faith. This is different, and we're going to come to that. It's different from the kind of faith that you have that comes from the Word of God. This is the manifestation of the Spirit, and I'm going to explain it more, where you are given the gift of faith for a particular particular purpose. And once that thing is accomplished, it's over. We're going to show examples of that in Scripture. So we have faith, then we have working of miracles, and then we have gifts of healings. That's what we refer to as the power gifts. And then we have the revelation gifts, meaning God shows you something in the supernatural that you, don't, you cannot know in the natural. It's something that you have no business knowing, and God you know, reveals it to you. And the first one of that is the word of knowledge. I'm going to talk about the different ways, but I don't know all the ways. There are some ways... <laughs> So, it's the same spirit that works all, but there are some things that I can do where we can start. So, you know how God works in this. I'm going to tell you the few ways that I know that God will give us words of knowledge, and usually to help the people. So, you have words of knowledge, and then words of wisdom. 
I noticed that most Christians have operated in the words of wisdom. Have you ever started saying something and it's like you are standing apart and listening to somebody speak? How many have done that? You're saying something or maybe giving advice as somebody asked a question and you said, well, I don't know. And then you started talking and then you're talking and it's making a lot of sense. And the person is like, whoa. And you're thinking, you're listening to yourself and you're talking. But it's like, I'm so smart. Where did I come up with this stuff? <laughs> That's words of wisdom. And I want to talk about how it affects people and what it does. Words of wisdom. And then you have discerning of spirits where you can discern. This is where we have a lot of trouble in the church because it doesn't take too long before we say, that's of the devil. (laughs) Well, it's not always of the devil. Sometimes it's, that's also human. (laughs) Is that the spirit of God or is the human spirit or is the devil? And there are ways to be able to tell uh, that this is the devil and that's just them. And that's how he started again. That was my opinion of, you remember the fellow I talk about, Robert, who is always prophesying and saying, you're nothing and all of that. I said, yeah, Robert started again. <laughs> but God will use him. Amen? So these are the gifts. I want to start with revelation gifts, but don't have no time. Wow, time's gone. Stand up. We're going to be closing. Now, what's the purpose of all of this? When we're through with all of the Gifts, and you now understand it, just like Timpy did to the rest of us. I'm going to shut those doors, and uh, we will be praying here for one another and come up with the gifts, all of you. Nobody's going anywhere. We will all practice. Amen? Amen. It's going to be an exciting night. We will have a few people in one group and you have to say something. (laughs) And God will do it. Amen? It's all by faith. You'll be amazed at what God will do. Let's lift our hands up to to the Lord tonight and thank Him. This is a time for us to allow God to change the way we think. Yeah, I was saying a lot tonight. Don't know where you stand in the way you walk with God. Uh, one of the things that we have to be careful about is not the words that come out of your mouth, it's the attitude of your heart. And people will recognize it. And if you are not, people are not drawn to you for help because they see you spiritual, or if you find yourself moving away from people, you, need, you really need to ask God for help to let you know what's really going on here. Because Jesus was accessible and people were drawn to him. They came to him constantly. They were always around him. And he was always going to them as they came. That's where we should be. So let God search your heart today. and let Because we are preparing the ground. Break up the fallow ground so that God can use us. We, there's a lot to be done in the kingdom. And God wants to use you. And these are no words of condemnation. These are words for preparation for what God's about to do through our church. Because God's going to be giving us words of knowledge. God's going to be giving us words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. People will be casting out devils and bringing healing to those who are oppressed by devils. And God will use us greatly. But we must have a sound foundation from which God can work. Every one of us. My desire is every one of us.
will be used by the Spirit of the living God. Lord God, you have told us in your word that in the last days, you will pour out of your Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Lord, you said you will do great things in those days. Visions. Father, for your people, Lord, I thank you that we are in, in, in the days that you spoke of. You said in your word, I and the children that you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders in Israel. Lord, today, let those scriptures, let your, the words that we've read in the scriptures, let them be fulfilled in our life tonight. Lord, we are ready. We are ready to be used, not only in the church, but at our place of work to be able to reach out to those that are without so that we can minister the grace of God to them and bring them into the kingdom through the powerful workings of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, tonight. Prepare our hearts, Lord God, as we go into all of these gifts. We want to be used of them. Fill our hearts with desire to be used of these gifts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.